Welcome, welcome, welcome on and welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen and uh, this is special, man. Uh, last episode, which was episode 31, I came back from my I hiatus, my month hiatus, and we, we just we just talked. I had a lot of questions and that people sent me, which I do appreciate, and I just, you know, I just answered some of the questions. Today, however, or tomorrow, or yesterday, because y'all are going to get this um, the day after I record this, was the trade deadline. And while I was going to wait to talk about it, I was like, nah, let me let me talk about it now. Now, I did wait until the night. I did wait till night. You know what I'm saying? Like I waited till the night. Everything cooled down. We know exactly who's going where, what's going what, who got traded, who didn't get traded. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down every trade that happened at the trade deadline. Now, of course, some of them I'm going to talk about at length. Some I'm just going to skim through because some really didn't even matter. But this was a very eventful trade deadline. And, and what's crazy is. It's such a contrast to what happened last year because last year nothing really happened. I think maybe only two or three people moved. Uh, of course, everybody's name, which is always the case, was in the the news for you know potentially getting moved. But I think only maybe one or two teams pulled the trigger with with big trades. But it didn't really shift the needle too much. I know Cleveland made a huge trade with uh, Isaiah Thomas and all them last year. But this year, we ain't talking about last year no more. This year was big. This year we saw a lot of a lot of movement, a lot of teams, a lot of power moves, especially in the East, mostly in the East, and a lot of whiffs. Um, I'm going to go through the beginning, actually. So, so bear with me. No, ain't no bear with me. I'm going to start at the beginning, which was the Porzingis trade. Now, I talked about this a tad bit. In my last episode, episode 31, go check it out if you haven't. But this, so the Knicks traded Porzingis to Dallas. They also traded Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke uh, for Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and Wesley Matthews and two uh, future first-round picks. Now, this trade can go one of two ways it can be a brilliant trade or it can be one of the worst trades of all why Kristaps Porzingis Kristaps Porzingis while he hasn't played this year recovering from an injury that happened last year Kristaps has a has superstar like potential he has Dirt Nowinski like potential being six six three I mean seven three has a shot can put the ball on the ground had bit uh, he's lanky, so he's really good with rebounds. And, you know, being being from, I believe he's from Lof, uh, Lithuania, I believe, or something like that, Kristaps showed that he can be a star in this league, and he will be a star before, of course, injury. Now, I don't think the injury is going to be, you know, we still have to wait to see. Players like that do not stay with the Knicks for long, especially these days, how, how bad the Knicks been. So... With the now, now of course there are reports that Kristaps already what was voicing his frustration. He didn't want to be there, and within like 15 minutes after a team meeting, he was gone to Dallas. Now, like I said, this can be good in one or two ways. Now there can be a wink, wink deal on the on the what what this trade did. 
was it gave Dow, I mean, gave New York two max spots. Now, the only reason why you will trade a cornerstone, like a, a, a potential corner piece, which is in a, in a pretty much uh, because what they really wanted to do was get off Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee's contract. So they pretty much traded Christos Porzingis for a salary dump. But if they had a wink-wink deal with someone like maybe KD or someone maybe like Kyrie, then it's all good. You, I'd do that in a heartbeat. If I knew for sure that KD and Kyrie were coming, the problem with that is it is it clearly has been seen that KD and Kyrie are a little fickle sometimes. I think KD lost the I mean lost in the Western Conference Finals. Nobody knew what he was gonna do. Boom, July first or no July fourth, I believe, he wrote the letter and and off to Golden State he went. Kyrie. They just lose the finals. There's a video of him and uh, LeBron saying, "We'll be back." A couple days later, I went out. Of, I went out of Cleveland. So I don't know. So that's why I said it, it could either be great for the Knicks or it could it could it could really throw, man. And then we turn. Uh, and, and before we we continue, this trade died deadline really, and it was really a case that they wants to win now. We saw a lot of teams from, especially the the Sixers and the Bucks, and not too much Boston, but we'll talk about that. But oh, in Toronto, we saw teams. Uh, we saw the 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 teams that are vying for playoff position, as in like who's going to get home court advantage, stuff like that. We saw that they are ready to at least make it to the to the Eastern Conference Finals because. It's pretty much foregone that the Golden State's probably going to win this year. But like back in 2016, if KD leaves after this year, the whole landscape of the NBA has changed, especially if he goes to the Knicks. And that's also true if Kyrie leaves Boston, the whole landscape changes. A healthy Kyrie, which we don't see that much, especially towards free agency time, if he leaves... Boston's different now. Boston's not going to be crippled, but Boston will be different. And of course, we have AD looming in the back. What is AD going to do? Not what he's going to do. Who? What is New Orleans going to do? And who is who are they going to trade for? So this year, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Like I said, that Golden State is going to win. Chip. I mean, they have five All Stars, so it, it, yeah, it's a wrap pretty much. But all the moves are are you know future moves that could really change a change a franchise so you know i don't even talk about all these trades there was a lot of them but we're gonna we're gonna break down some of the big ones and one of the big ones today or one of the big ones that happened was of course philadelphia obtaining tobias harris boban bondanovich and I believe a draft pick or two for well it's pretty much oh for uh ah, what's what's homie from um Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler and Mike Muscala also the Clippers get a 2020 first round pick 2021 first round pick uh from Miami 
2021 second round pick and 2023 second round pick. And of course, the Sixers get Tobias Harris, Boban Bondanovich, and Mike Scott. This was a great, great trade for the Clippers. But wait, Jay, why was it a great trade for the Clippers if they just traded their best player? I'm going to tell you why. The Clippers know. The Clippers pretty much, Clippers and pretty much almost everybody in the NBA knows that either Kawhi Leonard is A, going to stay in Toronto, which is li- unlikely, or B, he's going to try to go west to the Clippers. Tobias Harris He's going to, he's looking for the max, especially after this year. He's a restricted I mean he's an unrestricted free agent. He wants the max. It's, it'll be hard for me to sell quality free agents on my two cornerstones is Kawhi Leonard and Tobias Harris. While Kawhi Leonard is still top 10 player in the league, Tobias Harris is not. And I'm not trashing Tobias Harris either. Tobias Harris is like I said a great player. Tobias Harris is 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 a solid solid shooter, and and he's he's not a superstar, he's not even an all star, but he's a he's a star in the league. Let's just say that. But this really sets up the Clippers not only for next year but for like for for years to come. Shouts out to Jerry West, man. Jerry West, everything he touches from the Lakers to Golden State. To the Clippers now, it's like gold, man. He goes to Golden State. They land. Uh, they get championship. They win a championship 2015. Uh, they land KD 2016, and that's all she wrote. Lakers championships. Clippers have a, right now outside of LeBron. The Clippers have a brighter future. It seems on paper, at least, they have a brighter future than the Lakers right now. And when can we have ever said that? So, and and, and the pieces that they even got for Tobias was pretty good. Wilson Chandler is a solid player, especially even at his age. Landry Shamit, he's a gr- he's a really good shooter, and he's he's he needs to learn a little bit, you know, how to play and play defense, especially, and learn his way around the NBA. But he's still young. And Mike Muscala, who's a great shooter, but we'll talk about him later because he's not on the Clippers anymore. <laughs> but let's talk about Philly. And this this is why I said that the teams in the West, I mean East, are really vying for position. As in their 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 mind their mentality is we want to win now. We want to win now and we're we're gonna do what we have to do. So right now, Philly's projected starting five. At the one you have Ben Simmons. At the two you have JJ Reddick. At the three you'd have Jimmy Butler. At the four you have Tobias Harris. At the five you have Joel Embiid. On paper, that is leaps and bounds the best starting five in the Eastern Conference. Like it's not even. It's really not even uh it's not even a uh debate. So they're definitely clearly in win now mode. But here's the kicker though. 
they're in win now mode but what happens after this year there have been reports that they expect they expect to re-sign Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris for the max they both get maxed out uh they don't really mind out me but I mean uh Ben Simmons when his when his contract's up, neither is Joel Embiid. Of course, they're definitely not gonna max out JJ Redick, but you can find somebody that can shoot. They plan on having a big four for a long time. But as we've seen with players like Jimmy Butler and superstars of that caliber or stars of that caliber, we don't know what they want to do. What if the Lakers call Jimmy Butler and say, Hey, you want to run with LeBron James? We'll give you the max. What if Clippers say, hey, you want to come run with Kawhi Leonard and, and and KD? What if the Knicks call Jimmy Butler and say, hey, we have Kyrie Irving, who Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving are really good, and say, hey, you want to run with, you know, KD's pretty much staying in Golden State, so you want to run with Kyrie? What if they? What if the, the Lakers throw the max at Tobias Harris and be Tobias Harris and LeBron James and AD? But we'll talk about AD in a minute. What what I'm saying is you're banking your future on non-guarantees, you know? You're banking them on, okay, we have, <laughs> we have, we have a starting five right now that is leaps, like one of the top five starting fives in the league, hands down. And... <laughs> we have of course like i said most of these teams are in win now mode and that's all fine and dandy but what happens if after this year because again even with that starting five and now their bench is garbage like it's not even their bench is not good the sixers bench has now has one of the like names wise as one of the worst benches in the league but they have a solid starting five I don't like like I said, they're not winning. I don't see anybody beating Golden State this year in the championship. So, what is really going to happen with the Sixers? And like if they're able to re-sign Jimmy Butler, if they're able to re-sign Tobias Harris and boom, great trade. But what if they don't? Then they gave up a whole hell of a lot for not even a year, for half a year. Cuz All-Star break is what uh 2 weeks. But they, but the Sixers weren't done there. <laughs> the Sixers also traded away former number one pick Markel Fultz to the Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a first round pick via OKC, which is probably not going to be that good of a pick, seeing as OKC is good, and a second round pick. Let me, let me, let me talk about Markel for a second now. Markel's from the same city I'm from, uh, you know, the DMV area. He went to DeMatha, which is about 15 minutes from my house. Markel Fultz was a great player in high school. He was a great player in college. But just, just something happened, man. I don't, like... I don't know if the Sixers messed up his shot. I don't know if injuries messed up his shot. 
I don't know if his confidence was messed up, so that in turn messed up his shot. I don't know what the hell happened to Markel Fultz. What I do know is, as of right now, and I think I talked about this on a previous podcast, but as of right now, Markel Fultz, in my opinion, is one of the biggest busts in NBA history at the number one spot. Like, at the number one draft pick. Now, of course, you have Anthony Bennett. You have Kwame Brown. You know, Kwame Brown ain't a bust. You play 17 years, you ain't a bust. That's all I'm going to say. He might not be as good as he was projected, but not a bust. But Candy is a bust. <laughs> and, like I said, Anthony Bennett, but Marcel Foles right in that list. I think his career is over. No. Do I think he'll ever be that? Number one draft, you know, will I, do I think he'll ever live up to the number one draft pick status? Definitely not. And what what makes it worse for him is that Jason Tatum is hooping. And Philly gave up all that, all, all those assets and all those picks for Jason Tatum. I mean, to, to move from three to one. And Jason Tatum is playing way better. It's not even way. Jason Tatum was a borderline all-star this year. There was a smooth stretch when I real life forgot that Markel Fultz was in the league. And he's a number one pick. I think that Markel Fultz needed a change of scenery. Hell, he even said it. The 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 organiz the seventy six organization said it. Every analyst you talk to said it. He just needed to change the scenery, and I think this being being with the Magic, the Magic who, by the way, definitely needs a point guard, so he'll have an opportunity. I, I think, and I I also think it was kind of, I don't know, maybe messing with his psyche that he's usually used to playing point guard, and now you come to a team when you're definitely the shooting guard. Because Ben Simmons ain't no shooting guard. So, hopefully, this move to to Orlando or trade to Orlando definitely reinvigorates his career. Because right now, if, if it's going the way that it looks like it's going, Markel Fultz might be out the league in two, three, two, three years. Or at least putting up numbers in the G League. Hell, um, I think there was... <laughs> Anthony Bennett is hooping right now in the G League, I think. Yeah. I think he had like 43 the other night. Now, is he coming to the league? I, probably not. But, hey. So, I mean, Philly, Philly, Philly's like right now is in win-now mode. And so are the Bucks. Now, the Bucks had an awesome, awesome, awesome trade deadline. What are the Bucks good at? The Bucks are good at running in transition. They're great at defense, and they're good at shooting threes. They acquired Nikola Nikola Miritic from the Pelicans, and all they really had to give up was Thon Maker and a 2020 second round draft pick. Don Maker, who already wanted out 
he he came out and said he wants to get traded because of the minutes that he thinks he's going to play, which is crazy. He gets traded to the Pistons where he ain't going to get that many minutes behind Blake Griffin or Andre Drummond. So I don't know what he think he about to do. But the Bucks, the Bucks really put themselves. Not only did they acquire acquire, they also got some money off their books. Don Maker was why well, wasn't that money? Money off their books, so they can still be players in other situations. So the Bucks, Mir, that is that is. That's a sneaky good move, man. And it's not even really sneaky. It's like a, it's like a, damn, how did that happen? Like, watch. We're going to be watching in the, in the, in the playoffs. And Miritich is going to have, because he always does this. I don't know how the hell he always does this. But Miritich always has one of those games where you look up and he's at 26, 27 points. Like, damn, Miritich is hooping. Like, Miritich was huge. And you saw last year. When DeMarcus Cousins went down and the Pelicans acquired Miritich, and AD got better. And I'm not, I'm, this is not a slight on DeMarcus Cousins. This is DeMarcus Cousins, you know, kind of log jammed the, the paint, which rightfully so. I mean, he averaged 28 points, but he log jammed the paint with Miritich, you know, able to space the floor a lot more and gave AD more room to work. Miritich is a spot up, I mean, is a knockdown shooter. He is long. Well, he's definitely not the greatest defender. He can knock down some big shots. And he did knock down some big shots, especially in that Portland, Portland-New Portland Orleans series last year when Portland got swept. He was huge for them, especially down the stretch. So the Bucks made moves, man. The Buc- and, and the Bucks, which are number one right now in the NBA record-wise, or they might be tied with Golden. No, I think they they have the best record in the league. The Bucks, the the East wants to win now, man. The East are ready to win, and that even goes for Toronto. Toronto made one of the biggest splashes, acquiring Marcus All for Giannis Valanciunas, Delon, uh, Miles. And a 2004, uh, 2024 round pick. They also traded away, traded away home. Um, what's it? What's it, uh, Greg Monroe, and a second round pick for cash consideration. So, which is a salary dump to Brooklyn. Not only is this an upgrade at the five position for Toronto, this also gives them flexibility. Going down the future, especially if they're trying to keep Kawhi Leonard. It'd be hard. I don't know how Kawhi Leonard's built. I don't know what drives Kawhi Leonard. I really don't know. But to me, it would be quite hard making it to the finals and losing to Golden State maybe in five or six games and being like, you know what, I want to win, but I also want to. I also want to be in the club in, in in LA. Especially when you have your boy Danny Green and Kyle Lowry, who you know, I don't like Kyle. I really like Kyle Lowry. I think he's overrated. He has he had a career year this year. Even though there was a stretch he was playing like trash, but he, he picked it up, picked it up. 
but I, I don't know. It, 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 Marcus saw, and you know what we'll talk about? We'll talk about the flip side of that, which is the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies really, really lost the trade deadline. Now I'll tell you why. There is right now the Grizzlies have no future. They don't really have too many draft picks. Gr- Memphis is not a high-end destination for free agents. And while they have a solid young piece in Jared Jaron Jackson, they don't really have pieces that can contend. And when they give up Jamichael Green and Garrett Temple, which was another great trade for the Clippers, by the way. Like I said, the Clippers, a little sign up, the Clippers won the trade deadline, hands down. They acquired solid pieces. They acquired, or they, they got off some tough, tough contracts, and they really set up themselves for the future. And they really didn't take on any bad contracts either. Jermichael Green is not a bad contract. Gary Temple is not a bad contract. Like <laughs> they, Sham is not a bad contract. They traded away Muscala to the Rockets, I believe. Like the 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 Clippers won today, but we'll, but but we'll we'll keep them moving. I mean, we'll we'll come back to that. The Grizzlies really needed, and I'm not one to, you know, say just blow it up unless it's clear it needs to be blown up they needed to be blown up and while they were able to get off one star which was or one uh i guess i'll call him star one star in gasol they really should have gave up or or traded or got some assets some future assets for mike conley you remember when mike conley got that big ass contract and we were all like Dog, he got a contract big. He his one contract is more than what Michael Jordan made his whole career. <laughs> now look, Mike. Like, yes, I still think Mike Conley is one of the most underrated players, but he's not worth the money that he's getting. And with his money on the books, I don't. It's hard for me to see a future, a positive future for for Memphis. The grindhouse is gone. Like, there's no more defensive play. It's gone. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what is going to happen. I do not know. I'm sorry, the uh, Mascala actually got traded. Oh, that's what I want to talk about. Oh, yes. I'm going to come back to that. But, yeah, I don't. The Grizzlies needed to do more, man. Now, yeah, the Grizzlies have Jan, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's pretty good. DeLon Wright, who can give you some solid minutes. CJ Miles, who who can hit some shots. But the <laughs> they're not going to be able to do much with Mike Conley's contract as big as it is, especially when they're going to have to trade. I mean, they're going to have to pay Jaron Jackson coming up. Once his rookie deal is over, he's going to need to be traded or or paid. Especially if you have Mike Conley 
on books. I mean, they, they also picked up Tyler Dorsey. He's he's a solid player. No, he's I mean he's a he's a prospect. He's probably not going. He's probably not going to make it. And they also got Avery Bradley, who pretty much on the his his Boston days are completely over. Avery Bradley is not the defensive stud that he used to be. He's not. He's not the offensive player that he needs to be. Avery Bradley's just a player right now. And that shows you Memphis didn't really get much. Yes, and they traded away their start. Now, yes, I would have done it, but I would have I would have blown it up. And we're about to talk about another team that I need to blow it up. But I, he needed to blow it up. And... It's hard seeing the solid future for for um for Memphis as they're currently constructed. But oh, but 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 some of that but a team that does have a solid future is the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Let's talk about the Kings for a second. So for people that don't know, it's it's been pretty well documented that the Kings or Dallas Traded Harrison Barnes mid-game. Like, he's playing, and they trade him to the Kings. Now, no, they weren't playing the Kings that night. But he was, a, he was taking a shot when, it, when, the, when the, little, the lower third came out saying, Harrison Barnes has been traded to the Kings. Now, of course, that prompted LeBron to go on his you need to see what the, what the league, how the league really viewed. This is all that stuff. You know, all that, the league is this, the league is that. Like, okay, okay. It was hella cold that they traded him mid-game. I would have, I would at least tell him, yo, you, you traded. Just, just go in the back. Just, just take your, take your, uh, take your jersey off, bro. It's cool. It's cool. Thanks for your services. You, we're not you out or nothing, but, you know, we don't want you to look stupid. Now, I see in that form but again it's it's a business and they still getting paid max money i mean he's still a max player so you know but the kings have a solid future and that, and we haven't said that in a while especially with uh vladi divak at the at the helms harrison barnes is going to be a great player he's a good veteran he's a champion uh, with that with that young team, of course, De'Aaron Fox. You have Willie Colley Stein still there. Harry Giles is still there. You have you have pieces, and the Kings are gonna be the Kings are gonna be exciting. The Kings are exciting now, but they have a they have a good looking future. I'll say that they have a good future. They 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 also traded um they have Caleb Swinigan. They traded for Scal Lebissier, so. Which is also a good trade for Portland too, because Scal kind of he he's able to space floor a lot more than Kayla Swin Swinigan did, and I don't see, I don't know if Caleb's gonna stay with Sacramento because they they definitely have a log jam at the five position, but we'll see how that goes. They 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 were able to get some cap space or you know cap relief and stuff like that, and <laughs> and. Harrison Barnes is going to be good for for the Kings, so you know I, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not. It, 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 we'll see how that goes. Right now it looks like a solid trade, but we'll see how it goes. 
a couple. I'm not gonna keep y'all for long tonight. Again, this is this is an impromptu, uh, just trade deadline talk. <laughs> Two people we do have to talk about. I, I alluded to him a, a little earlier, but Mike Muscala and Stanley Johnson. It was in a span of 24 hours. Both of them has been traded to like two or three teams. Currently, Mike Muscala is on the LA Lakers. And Stanley Johnson's on the Pelicans. Damn, you remember when Stanley Johnson was kind of college? And he 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 was I think he was like the third third overall pick. And they were like, yo, Stanley Johnson has upside. Stanley Johnson can be the next. They called him like the next Paul George, man. And then, remember when they said, it's just a little tangent. Remember when they said Justice Winslow was the next uh, next D Wade? <laughs> I don't know if this because he went to Miami or what, but uh, no. <laughs> man, I don't know how it is to be traded. Of course, I'm not in the league, I've never been to the league. I'm probably not even close to be good enough to go to the league, even though I will give you buckets. <laughs> but it must suck getting traded. Yo, you remember when Luke Rittenhauer, he got traded to like six teams in like one night? That must that must be crazy. Like you go to sleep on one team. You get a text or you get a call from your agent. Hey, yo, you got traded here. All right. Damn. All right, cool. You go back to sleep. You wake up 30 minutes later. Hey, you got traded again. Damn, for real? Yeah. Alright. X, like twenty minutes later, yo. Are you serious? Yeah, you got traded again. <laughs> like that happened six times. Again, it sucks for uh shouts out to Stanley Johnson and Mike Muscala, man. Like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm sorry. It sucks it's, it sucks to suck. Just get better, I guess. Get better. Oh, um, Philly also has Jonathan Simmons, who's at the, just going back to Philly. Like I said, this is just a this is just a roundup, a recap. I ain't about to go through all these damn trades because some of them were just like cash drops. Some of these were players that don't really matter, like Wade Baldwin right now. Nick Scott, Nick Stoskis was big for Indiana, but uh, you know, it's just we're just gonna talk. Oh, Philly also got James Ennis, who now. No, all these players are not going to stay on the team. I don't think they're going to keep James Ennis. They might not keep. Uh, but they might not keep Jonathan Simmons. But they made they <laughs> the Sixers like uh, the Sixers made. They didn't win it today again. I th- I'll give the that to the Lakers. I think I mean the the Clippers. I think the Clippers won today. Okay, but they made some moves, man. They made some moves. Now, the Rockets made a couple moves. Um, the Rockets had a, did a couple. Like I said, they 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 did a salary dump for James Ennis. The Rockets got the rights to Marty Laurent. He's an overseas player. It doesn't really matter right now. The Rockets did a three uh did a future second round swap for like I said James Ennis, and the Rockets did a three team trade. With the Kings and Cavaliers. They got Iman Shumpert, 
Nick Scott Staskis, who I just said was traded, as well as Wayne Wade Baldwin. But I think they're both on the Indiana Pacers right now. Sneakily, not only are the Rockets doing a lot or salary dumps, I guess trying uh, getting ready for this crazy free agency. That like just think about how many you got: Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Tobias Harris, Clay Thompson, Kimball Walker. You got all these high-level free agents. Uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard, like. If you're not putting yourself in position to at least try to get them, then you're not doing your part. You know what I'm saying? You trash as an organization. Even if there's no, uh, there's like really no hope in you getting them, the least you can freaking do is try. You know what I mean? Like, at least try. So right now, the Rockets are trying to clear space, which, which are a lot of people, teams are doing, especially as, if they know that they're not going to win. Like, James Harden's on a tear, you know. He has, I think, the third longest streak of 30-plus um, points a game. I think he's at, like, 26 or 27 or something. But they know they're not about to win the championship. So they're clearing space, and they're dumping salary. Emmanuel's probably going to get released. Cleveland got Brandon Knight. Marquise Chris, that's a sal- the two salary dumps. So, what I'm saying is, the Houston Rockets quietly had a very productive day. Had a very productive day and a very quiet day, like be- like below the radar. But they made some solid solid moves. Like I said, they're they're <laughs> they're really trying to set themselves up for the future, which is which is what you're supposed to do. Is there anything else I want to... Oh, 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 oh. I mean, we can talk about the Suns getting Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington. Those, you know, that was that was a pretty much salary dump for the Heat, even though they had to take on Ryan Anderson's trash contract. But there's already been reports that Wayne Ellington's probably going to get bought out. Um, Anything else before, before I talk about these two dudes? Um, Rodney. This is a little earlier in the week. Rodney Hood's on the uh, Portland Trail Blazers. That's big for them. They they definitely have always need help at the wing position. And while Rodney Hood isn't a as an elite player, he will definitely help them, especially in scoring. I guess take the load off in shooting, take the load off of Damian Lillard and see him. That that that's a solid pick. That's a solid pickup. Um. Let me, let me, uh, let me just first, <laughs> let me think, it, there's a God, you know, I'm a very spiritual person, and I understand that God performs miracles, and for like two, three years now, I'm sorry guys, I'm sorry. For like two or three years now, I've been wanting, I've been, I've been praying 
that the Washington Wizards trade Otto Porter. <laughs> and won't he do it? Yes, he Jesus parted the clouds and shined his beam down on DC. And got Otto Porter the hell up out of there. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But here's the flip side of that, though. Wow. They got off a of Otto Porter's god awful contract. And as a salary dump, they traded Markeith Morris. So Markeith Morris is on the Bucks right now. Which is awesome. Was he on, is he on the Bucks? Let me fetch. I'm sorry, Pelicans. He's on the Pelicans. Bucks, Pelicans. Aren't they both animals? <laughs> the Wizards. Oh, my God. So... Many people, for you guys that have listened, that know me and that listen to the podcast, know I'm a I'm a Wizards fan, and we've we've needed to get off of. First of all, like I said earlier, when I know that a team needs to blow it up, they need to blow it up. It's hard for me. I'm a John Wall fan to the death of me. I'm a Bradley Bill fan to the death of me. But it is hard for me to justify John Wall's contract. Bradley Bill definitely deserves the contract. Right now. And of course, John Wall can play back. Like, John Wall's best is still a top five point guard in the league. But not only is he out for a heel injury, that was, he had to have surgery out for the season. He then slips and falls in his house, rupturing his Achilles. The same, same injury. That DeMarcus Cousins had. And now he's out for a year. Which means. That there is a strong possibility. That DeMar- that John Wall. Does not play for nearly two years. Yet. Starting next year. For, first of all. His 170 million dollar contract extension. Starts. Next year. So next year he will be making. 80 i mean 38 million plus and every year it goes up so i think it's like 40 41 42 like it goes up year after year so homie injuring his rupturing his killies is the worst thing that can happen to washington right now and no i would not trade bradley bill and on God, you can't trade John Walker's nobody in heaven or hell wants to touch that contract. Even though, like I said, at his best, John Wall is a top five point guard in the league. But by the time his contract is over, he will be 35 years old. John Wall cannot shoot. John Wall... It's clearly been reported, and we kind of see on the court. He doesn't, while he gets his assists up, his team, it doesn't really seem like his teammates like playing with him. Like, this is the second year in a row that John Wall has been out for the seat or for an extended period of time, and the team look, looked better, at least coming out the gate, looked better with him off the court than him on. 
They they look they look like they're having more fun, you know. And again, I'm a Wizards fan, man. I'm a John Wall fan, but I, I see it. But back to the original point. While I think Jesus Christ himself that we got off of Otto Porter's contract, sending him to the Bulls, I feel like we could have gotten a lot more than Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. Jabari Parker, who might not even make the, t he might be getting cut. And B, I'm pretty sure that the Jazz were interested. They're, we could have got, a, I'm pretty sure the Jazz had better players to offer than Bobby, I mean, yeah, Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker. I'm pretty sure a player, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't like I don't like Otto Porter because, no, okay, I like Otto Porter as a player, but I don't like him on my on the Washington Wizards because you're paying this man max contract and and he can't even start for us. Trevor Ariza came, and uh, immediately immediately took over the starting spot. Like, that's who you want to give your, the, no, no. Ain't no max play coming off the bench, bro. So he needed to go. But we could have got more than Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis. And on the flip side, we could have got more from Markeith Morris than just Wesley Johnson, whose highlight, whose right now career highlight is getting is is getting so is getting crossed up by James Harden so bad that his hand touched the earth twice. James Harden licked his lips at this man. I understand that John that the Wizards are trying to, to free us from cash space. I understand they're trying to get off bad contracts. I understand they're trying to blow it up, but blow it up better than this, man. Please, please, please. Deal. Man, it's hard being a Wizards fan, bro. I ain't gonna hold you, man. I ain't gonna hold you. It's hard. Ha, oh, man. <sighs> Wizards, Wizards, Wizards. And last thing I'm gonna talk about, because I mean, it needs to be talked about, is the L.A. Lakers and. <laughs> The L.A. Lakers and Anthony Davis and Boston. So clearly Anthony Davis did not or was not traded before the trade deadline. Reports have come out saying since trade, he's going to finish and play the rest of the season with the Pelicans. And this is probably the absolute worst case scenario for the Lakers. And I'm going to tell you why. And I said this in my last podcast, but the reason why he came out a week before the trade deadline was for the Lakers to get him. The Lakers were the only team that could acquire him or the only team that could acquire him that he would resign to. Boston couldn't do it because the D, uh, the Rose, the Rose Act, or the Rose Bill, or whatever the hell they call it, 
where you can't have two max players like on like you can't acquire a max player in the off season and acquire another max player like regular uh in the middle of the season when the max player just acquires like on their last like you have to give them a deal or something. And then Anthony Davis gave out some teams, you know, like New York and Clippers. Threw out some teams like, yeah, I'll go here too. But those teams are not in any type of position to trade. Unless they're just going to completely destroy their future, which wouldn't be smart. So you set this up for the Lakers. The Lakers was set up to win to get Anthony Davis. And all you end up with by the end of the night is Mike Muscala. You don't have Zubamore, who is a very good young center. And you don't have Michael Beasley, who tried to square or <laughs> squared up with, uh, <laughs> squared up with um, Luke Walton the other night after getting, after losing by like four, uh, no, after losing to Golden State. And you get Reggie Bullock. So you went into trade. You went to the trade deadline expecting to get Anthony Davis and walk out with. Mike Muscala, Reggie Bullock, and no Anthony Davis and no Zubach. Who is a solid. Oh, and you trade. Uh, oh, that shooter. Uh, Sfee. I'm not even gonna try his last name. It starts with an M. He went to Kansas. He's a he's a solid shooter. You trade him too. So this is the worst case scenario for uh for um for the Lakers. But it also doesn't help that Boston pretty much remained quiet too. And I'll tell you why. Because Boston didn't make any moves, now they're pretty much, they're pretty much, their team is solidified for this year. Now, unless they, they, no, I'm, I'll keep it right here. They're solidified for the year. Um, But you didn't make any moves. Now that's saying, and that's really that's that's pretty much telling the league that you're putting your all your chips in for Anthony Davis. But what if Kawhi? I mean, what if Kyrie leaves? If Kyrie leaves, so the of course you're gonna have to give a, a bunch of draft picks to the Pelicans, but you're also if you're also probably gonna have to throw in Jason Tatum in the mix. Of course, you probably have to throw in Jalen Brown and maybe like a Terry Rozier as well. But if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not making a deal with Boston unless Jason Tatum is in the deal. What if they make a trade for Boston? What if what if they make a trade, you know, July 1st to Anthony Davis, but Kyrie leaves? Anthony Davis is not going to stay. Which means... Their plan backfired. All them draft been piling up to get a superstar. And there's been there's been multiple years when they've had Anthony Davis in their sights.
and you get him, and the one time you get him, which, and you get him with his close friend Kyrie, leaves to go to like New York or something. Ain't nothing. <laughs> I'm just Boston's really playing a, a dangerous game, man. They're playing now. They have assets and they have pieces, and they're still a good team, even though they lost tonight to the Lakers, who just lost by 42 to like a Victor Oladipo-less Indiana. But Def lost this lost this trade, especially because now I don't see how unless unless the Pelicans just cave, I don't see how the 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 deal. What the Pelicans are asking for is like eight draft picks, four four uh four first round picks, four second round, and like five players. That's thirteen players. That's crazy. I don't think you're gonna get if you trade that you're wild, LA. But I, now that you give teams time and you give teams ability, you know. Now that they know that, oh, any team can go with Anthony Davis now, it's really hard for me to see Anthony Davis going to L.A. At least Lakers. Which is why this trade deadline was just horrible for them. Of course, you have the second or the third leg of the season. Players like Enos Cantor, who got released today, um... Robin Lopez, Wesley Matt, uh, Wesley, yeah, Wesley Matthews, um, play that who's gonna get probably bought out from their teams, and that's the the buyout. Well, that's when you know championship teams pretty much pick up solid players. Like Wesley Matthews already said he's gonna try to go to Indiana, which I don't understand why, seeing as though the Warriors wanted him. <laughs> like uh, Robin Lopez, he might go to Golden State. Wesley, uh, you know, ain't no telling where Ennis, who's going to pick up Ennis Cantor. You know, that that's the third leg of the season, and that's you know, that's big. But we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to that. This was an exciting trade deadline, and while have any effects this year, as in who wins the championship, this definitely will have an effect on who gets to the championship, especially in the Eastern Conference. And this definitely has an effect on what happens come July 1st when the offseason really starts. We'll see, man. We'll see. But there you have it. I want to thank you guys for listening. I know this is, what, two episodes in a week? You know, like, hold up, Jay. Whoa, slow down, bro. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, I got I got some. I got a big, a big podcast coming up next week, man. I want to thank you guys again. This is the Trade Deadline Recap. Uh, Till next time, man. Much love. This is the fruit of our hard work. The belief in the entrepreneurial spirit. The new American dream. A toast. A toast to my family. Life. Uh, I wrote this sitting in the back of that triple black with the picnic tables twisting up a sack. My Cuban link cables prove I'm in the majors, a prime time player. High
quality rhymes earn these wages allowing me to make wagers double your life savings we on yachts waving champagne cases cocaine traces found seeping from the speakers when the bass kick hella big dropping these tapes raking cakes in millions my nigga keep that under like the basement engine running on that spaceship she sexy like a woman speeding like a bullet don't pull up to it how about you won't race it i went to class with the craftsman who made this upper class shit fresher than mints at the event i'm a king son in these rappers i make you a prince new jet city yeah uh, to stand in front this money train